Welcome to the Code Life podcast with me, Nathan Blackaby, and my good mate, Carl Beach. We're going to look at Code 2. I owe everything to him, and I will do anything for him. Owe everything, anything. Pretty powerful words. I'm reading from the code. Put together, they're not to be used lightly. These words, pretty powerful words. Owe everything, anything. In fact, these are once-in-a-lifetime words. I might owe you money or a beer or a favour at work, but you're still not going to get just anything from me. To owe everything and be prepared to do anything means that something really major has happened. Take the 1991 film Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Not a bad film. Azim, Seven out of ten. Is, how many? Seven. Seven. Yeah, I'd go six. Yeah, six. Yeah. Uh, Azim, played by Morgan Freeman, swears a life debt to Robin, Kevin Costner, after Robin saves him from a death sentence during the Crusades. Of course, by the end of the film, he has repaid the debt by saving Robin's life in return. However, what we're talking about here is a debt so massive that it can never be repaid. Imagine, for instance that you were responsible for deliberately releasing a deadly plague into the world and everyone became contaminated by it. Death was certain and life was now inescapably painful for all. Unless you were utterly heartless, you'd feel a little bit guilty. If it were me, I know I'd have enough guilt to last me a lifetime. In fact, I probably wouldn't want to live at all. But imagine God seeing you do that and then being prepared to forgive you. Mm. You'd want to know what the catch was, right? And he'd say, simple, what you did was terrible, but I've arranged for someone else to suffer the punishment for your crime. As long as you're happy to accept that arrangement, then you're free. Mm. And I'll just read it one more bit. Again, if that were me, I'd think, this is great but also completely unfair on whoever has been punished in my place. And I don't deserve such forgiveness anyway. It can be true, and it shouldn't be true. It can't be true, and it shouldn't be true, because it's just not fair. But it is true. Mate, let's pause there. This is a this is an interesting one. So just to recap for anyone who's just coming along, yeah. and we are working through the code. It, yeah. It's worth saying that each of these podcasts won't just be about the code. We're going to talk That's about it. fear, courage, all of this stuff. But at the moment, cooking. cooking, just to get us into it, art as well, we could talk, yeah, yeah. talk about creativity. Uh, we just wanted to get us into the kind of feel of these and what they're about, yeah. uh, just by framing it with a couple of codes. Right. Uh, but this is a powerful one. So last time on, on the podcast, we looked at Jesus, my captain, brother, rescue and friend. Yeah. And then today I owe everything to him and I will do anything for him. So this is the code CVM I've got. You wrote this yeah. a little while back. Um, and and we're putting it centrally as part of what we're about at CVM. Yeah. yeah. And 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 you can follow Carl, Mr. Beachy at Twitter. Yeah. And for me, it's Nathan Blackaby. Um, check us out online. Have a look. And it's amazing you actually got Nathan Blackaby. I couldn't get Carl Beach. Couldn't you? No, there's another bloke. <coughs> I thought I was alone in the world. Been cloned, mate. No, it's not good. So what do you make of this rescue? See, I've got a little bit of a, a hang-up on the idea of a rescue because I grew up wanting to be the bloke who... I bought into the Superman. 
the hero. I didn't want to be the bloke that needed a rescue. I wanted to be the guy who was doing the rescuing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you wanted to be the hero. <clears throat> yeah. So are you saying that um, <coughs> knowing that you, you've had to be you know, pulled out of a battlefield or you're weak, mm. like you're apparently weak, mm. is, is something hard for you to stomach? Because yeah. you think a lot of blokes are well, like... that's what I'm saying. Christianity is a crutch. Yeah, exactly. Like the fact you needed rescuing... Because I can, I can remember, right, swimming when I was a kid off the coast of Spain Yeah, with my sister. I can't remember how old it was, but I was a little kid. And suddenly I looked up and I couldn't see the beach anymore. I've been swept out. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Then I started flapping. I've got a major flap on. And uh, my sister started screaming and crying. And she's, she's like going, head was bobbing under. So I don't think I thought, oh, no, I'm going to die because I was so young. But I did get a major flap on. Did you? Yeah, and then mm. this Spanish bloke, suddenly his boat pulled up, and this Spanish bloke, I assume he was Spanish, mm. jumped in and grabbed me under my chin and dragged me over to the boat, rowing boat, and then <laughs> someone dragged me to Israel, they hauled me over the side of the boat and rowed me in, and my mum and dad were standing there, and I got proper, I like proper dragged about rescued, Yeah, so I got swept out to sea. Do you know what I felt like? What? Total Muppet. Yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. That's the point. I felt a total muppet. I can even remember now as a little kid. I mean, I'm a defenseless little kid with yeah. little spindly arms and legs. Yeah. But I had to be dragged out by another man. See, <laughs> see this is the I point. I didn't like it. I know. I didn't like it. No. So let's honest. call it out. And I think yeah. some blokes out there that's will so feel true, that. Mate. Oh. They'll feel that rescue and think, oh, I don't want to be the I'm bloke. I'm sufficient or capable. Yeah. I don't need a crutch. Yeah. Even when the wheels come off. Yeah. You still That's why fight. blokes suffer. Yeah. They break down, suffer with anxiety, kill yeah. themselves mm. at an alarming rate in mm. our nation mm. and around the world because mm. they don't reach out for help because they want to be... Yeah. There's something toxic about masculinity in there that's, that's caused that. I think so. This idea of not showing that weakness. It's a vulnerability, maybe, that we just don't want to show. I don't yeah. know. That is, that is <coughs> true. It's an issue. Why don't we want to be vulnerable? well I, I can't argue it from a scientific point as in are men wired some way or all that I, I can't argue that Controversial. But, but what I can say is I, I do feel that I do feel that that there's a vulnerability that I don't like and it, it's it's in me it's part did you, of me did you ever see your dad cry um, no I don't think I ever have I saw my dad cry once right my twenty first birthday party. Mm. I think I had a couple of bottles of wine. Mm. We're out for an Italian meal. Mm. To be honest, all suited and booted. Mm. Your dad's an ex cop, it's a bit like a mafia film, it's like a scene at a casino. Hey Tony. Hey Tony. <laughs> Give me a So party. my dad stood up to he gave me a present. Yeah. And then uh, it's pocket watch. It's always loved pocket watches. Yeah. <coughs> and then he stood up and he said, I've always loved you both, you and your sister and said something tender about loving us yeah. I never heard him talk about before and then he, he he didn't break down in massive tears but he choked yeah. on his tears and he, he had you know tears streaming down his cheeks as he told us he loved us and then that made me want to cry and yeah. it made my sister cry and then yeah. everyone was crying she was like I've seen it of a mafia movie yeah, yeah. it was very very emotional but yeah. the point I'm making is I think that is the only time mm. I saw my dad cry even mm. when we had like dogs put down and Family His members died. died. Yeah, yeah. Like, he yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Old school it's cop in the Met Police detective. Mm. 
blind squad type. Mm. Never saw him let his guard down. Now my kids, yeah. I was trying to think, and my kids see me weep, and I don't. Mm. Well, it's, it's not just the the actual physical tears rolling out the cheeks, is it? Uh, there is a there is still an emotion, a depth of emotion that we can show as men. And I don't think we're saying that we need to create false environments for a man to show. Well, I've always told my kids I love them. Yeah. And I've always hugged them. <coughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. it's rarely a, when I've been present with my kids, I don't tell them that I love them. Yeah. I, I don't want to sidetrack us here, but I think the point we're trying to get to is it we're asking a question, are we? Is there some sort of detachment? Yeah, what I'm saying is I do that. Yeah, I still don't want to be. Are you right? I, I felt like a muppet when I was pulled out of the water. Getting rescued. Yeah. Is it weakness? Yeah. It's weakness. <laughs> <laughs> it's but it, but it. I think it is weakness, but we don't want to admit that it is. I, I don't want to be rescued, and the Bible tells me I needed to be rescued because I, I, no matter what I do or did, or would do, it, it would not fix it see we're going to talk about fear uh probably next time maybe but i don't you know i don't like the idea of having a phobia yeah because it feels weak yeah like why do you like as a kid you used to sing these songs in church apparently because i didn't go to church as a kid but i once was frightened of spiders i once was frightened of the dark once yeah. was frightened by many many things especially things that bark woof yeah like, but now i've found jesus so i'm not scared anymore and i think yeah Jesus gives me courage. Yeah. On the flip side, to acknowledge Christ in your life, you've got to recognise that you're needy. Yeah. We don't like that. What a conundrum. It is a conundrum. So how you get over that? Maybe, maybe it's what we do. We change the language of stuff a little bit and we, we, we don't reword it, but we communicate and present the need of a rescue in a different way. But we are fighting against... But aren't we rescued to be rescuers? Yeah. Well, that's, that's the flip side, isn't it? Yeah. We're being set free to to be empowered with the same saving work, aren't we? We're getting set on fire. Let's get it's out. It's like of when it. they, I don't want to get too much into the army stuff again, but it's like <coughs> when they're training people to join the army, they break them down, they build them back up. Yeah. And sometimes when you meet Christ, like he takes you to the wire, you realize yeah. your sin, your brokenness, your fragility, you know, you're going to die. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Just go back to a box in the ground or get burnt up in the creme? Is that it? Yeah. Or do you need rescuing yeah. to make a way for eternity? And then you get involved in God's great rescue plan. Mm. Now I can cope with that. Yeah. But it you do have to be vulnerable to meet Christ. That's the fun. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Uh, but, I think. Uh, and I think there's different situations in life that bring men to that point where they're w ready to be vulnerable or, or ready to have that guard set. And I think, I think there's been a huge breakthrough in issues of mental health now. Yeah. Where more men are speaking about issues of mental health, and that's vulnerability. But here's the thing, mate. When I gave my life to Christ, yeah, everything was great. Yeah, I was catching the Essex Judo squad, playing rugby down yeah. the gym. <coughs> I was going to join the army. Yeah, like everything was great. Like I didn't, I didn't. Wasn't that a crisis? No, not in the slightest. That's interesting. When my life rolled out in front of me, I had the plan, and then I had a bloke preach the gospel, mm. and and I I knew it was true. Yeah. So I was surrendering my life to Jesus. Yeah. Like it's truth. It's the power of the gospel. Yeah, it's truth. I, I wasn't... Some people do find Christ in a crisis, or many people do. Yeah. But I actually found Christ out of the truth <coughs> of the claims of the gospel. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is, this is, this is yeah, amazing. Yeah. I surrendered my life to him. Yeah. 
And, and for a lot of guys like me, it's a, it's seasons of truth. Like yeah. I was brought up in that family environment where the gospel was part of. Yeah, it was fresh and new to me at the time. <coughs> what I'm trying yeah. to think is, did I object at the time to the fact that I needed rescue? The rescue, yeah. That's my and, point. And actually, do you know what, mate? Don't think I did. But mm. the sense of uh, needing forgiveness probably came a little bit later. Yeah. I, I do think something happens in the rescue that the Holy Spirit does. Like yeah. I remember choking on a bit of bacon, right? <laughs> it was a serious incident yeah. in my yeah. life. Yeah, I was, die, didn't yeah well, I was cooking tea for the kids and the the bacon towel, you know that bit that goes crispy? Yeah. I thought to myself, the kids don't like that. I'll, I'll snap it up. I'll, <laughs> I'll have that. Popped it in, didn't chew, swallowed that down. It didn't go down. It didn't chew it. No, it got stuck. And uh, I couldn't get anything down or up. I mean, it wasn't big, but it just did not want to get get going. So, so you could breathe through your nose. I could breathe calmly, but I couldn't swallow. So spit and all that. Right, it's it all just, coming out. Oh yeah, mouth. oh yeah. <clears throat> so I had an hour of that. Oh mate, couldn't couldn't function properly. So what are you doing? Just hanging your mouth? Just <coughs> like, <coughs> yeah. So <coughs> yeah, I was basically just in the toilet by then upstairs. Jenny, my wife, <laughs> panicking. And I remember saying to her, give Phil, a, like, shout for Phil. Phil was a mate who lived opposite policeman. Yeah. And I said to Jen, if I pass out, tell him I give him permission to jam a biro in there and create an airway right. and just save my Have life. Have you ever done care. anything like that before? He, I don't know if he had or not. but he, you know, I'd be up for doing that to someone. Yeah. But, I, you know, I'd probably hit an artery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, compound the problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, but uh, so I said, like, if need be, he's got to save my life here. Because I, right. I thought... I started to go really weak, and I, I thought I'm going to pass out because the pain of retching and all that. Anyway, the paramedics were called, and this is the point of me telling this story. As they arrived, the bacon went down, <laughs> and it was a waste of time them coming. <laughs> but the minute they came through the door, yeah. I, I was like, I was so relieved to be rescued in that moment. Yeah. They turned Did you come to the kit. end of yourself? I, I got to the end, and I think that's what we've got to get to it is that when blokes realise that they can't fix this, and the Bible tells us there's this chasm, there's this divide, sin is the problem, and we can't yeah. fix it. That's and I it. think <coughs> when we get guys to the point where they say, you know what, I, I've tried, I've tried drink, I've tried money, I've tried women, I've tried, I've lived my life, I've done this, I'm still massively empty, yep, yep. and I, I'm looking for something. And I, I, it's not always from crisis, as it was... It wasn't for you out of crisis. No. God can intervene and step in. I think so. But I, th I think it's an important point to make <coughs> for some of the fellas. Yeah. But we need to sense that we, we need the rescue. And actually, when those paramedic boys turned up, I was so relieved. Yeah. And I think as a Christian, knowing that I have been rescued, I've not got to fight it out. I've not got to wrestle and prove myself in any way. God says, you're forgiven, son. Yeah, and and because of what Jesus has done, that's filled me with a massive sense of, man, like I owe everything to you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, <coughs> I agree. I just think, <coughs> make me choke. I've got a little cough. <coughs> cool. So I um <coughs> use uh, these Crowler twisties to highlight yeah, yeah. the Bible, and I, I highlight things I've been reading or preaching from that particularly stick out to me. One of the things that's He's felt more powerful to me lately, even though I've read it loads of times. Okay. John 6.35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. 
he comes to me, won't hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. Yeah. Now, I'm just thinking, with this whole being vulnerable thing, yep. um, I think for me, what struck me was, only Jesus is going to scratch the itch. Yeah. Like, I can't fix this by myself, <clears throat> but not in a crisis. Like, I'm searching. I want you to join the army. I want yeah. you to become a millionaire. I want you to take up golf and die. You know, I had this <laughs> yeah. life plan that nothing felt whole and then yeah. i hear the gospel and it was it just resonated in my soul yeah uh, jesus is the bread of life like yeah. you're never going to go hungry spiritually you're never going to thirst again yeah. so some of this need for christ isn't just born out of crisis or about no i need rescuing it's actually you'll never you will never be satisfied no without christ in your life you can try everything but you won't satisfy. Do you know what I mean? Which is an, almost another way of looking at it. Otherwise, yeah. it's not all about the crisis, is it? Yeah, it's like, no, that's right. It's an admission that you can have all the money in the world. I mean, you know, we just woke up to news, haven't we, that the owner of Leicester City... Yeah, billionaire. You know, <coughs> billionaire. And apparently, thoroughly decent bloke. Yeah. And well-loved. Yeah. But look, it's got everything. Gone. Yeah. Yeah, Gone. brutal, isn't it? Yeah, and on, but only Jesus can satisfy <coughs> you now and for eternity and I think waking up to that yeah, yeah. I'm like rescue me fine yeah fine maybe you that's I mean? one of the things mate is is as well like you just said <laughs> the element of eternity I, I don't often think about things from an eternal perspective right do you know what I mean by that because yeah, it's so easy to get caught in the temporal <clears throat> moment like with one day my phone will stop working I get another one yeah. one day my car will break down and rust I that's get it. another one that's it nothing really throw away that. society it is but we're talking about an eternal component here, and that's like that's mind blowing. We're not wired for that now, are we? No, I don't think so. And I think you know, going back centuries, like if you were alive in Roman times, yeah, I think you had much more of a sense of God's sovereignty, whatever God you believed in. Yeah, you know, but if the gods allow it or if God permits, yeah, people would talk like that. Yeah, and if you read the Old Testament, everything's attributed to God—an evil spirit from the Lord, or yeah. the Lord permitted, or the Lord made this happen. Yeah, because people have a more robust understanding of eternity, God's sovereignty. Yeah, don't think we got that anymore. But we can no. make it happen. We can buy that iPhone. Yeah. I can change your car. I can lease this. I can yeah. do that, and I'll yeah. buy my house. But <clears throat> actually, we've lost a sense of it's all God's. Yeah, God's in control. Without yeah. Him, this stuff like. Like nanosecond by nanosecond, right now, are you sustaining our lives? Yeah. If he chose to end the show, it's over. Yeah. Like every breath we're taking now, skiff yeah. yeah. We have lost that. And as soon as you get that back, you're like, <coughs> I'm fully dependent. Yeah. Can't do something. Now, I've only been, uh, I've been ill, ill twice in my life, like ill, ill. Not like your bacon nearly choked to death yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. But I remember once coming out of the doctors and uh, <coughs> there was a possibility that some of the symptoms I had could have been, you know, uh, bad. Mm. But they actually caught either a kidney allergy thing. But they say, no, some of these symptoms could be caused by something a bit more sinister than right. that. And <coughs> I need to have some tests. And I remember coming out of the doctors a few years ago thinking, well, could be it. Mm. You know, could be <laughs> kill me. But thinking, but do you know what? So right. Mm. So I know this life ain't it. Mm. But what if you think it is it? Yeah. I know this is like one day we're going to wake up from a dream. Mm. So when you put it in that context, like eternity, salvation, and needing to be rescued, is yeah. everything. I yeah. don't. I don't. 
it didn't bother me. When you realise that you got a saviour, yeah, I'm like, it's okay, Jesus. Whatever you need to do to get yeah, yeah. out the the mess, yeah, make a way for me forever, mate. We're gonna hang out for eternity together. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, but eternity. Yeah, no end to that. Do you think we'll still be able to play pub PUBG? PUBG. I don't know. Probably not. It's a scary concept though. But that that perspective of this life is whatever it is, sixty, seventy, eighty years maybe, and then yeah. and then eternity <coughs> starts. It's yeah. it's incredible. <coughs> well, someone when I study theology, this uh, Bible college, yeah. this lecture is a genius. He said, imagine a big a big lump of granite, like a huge mountain of granite, mm. and this butterfly lands beside it. He says, and the tip of its wing gently just gently brushes the granite. He said, and then butterfly after butterfly after butterfly lands in the same spot on the tip of his wing, just gently brushes the granite until after millions and millions and millions and millions of years, it's just a little grain of granite left, and eternity hasn't even begun at that point. <laughs> he said, that's the scale of what we're talking about. Mm. I'm like, okay. That's quite big, isn't it? That is massive. <laughs> it's isn't massive, it? isn't it? Yeah. Rescue me, Jesus. Yeah, I well, be why there, not? Do you know what I mean? Come on. Yeah. So we're talking about Code 2. I owe everything to him and I will do anything for him. Back to the book. On the cross of Jesus, God's justice and mercy meet, and our guilt and shame are completely 100% dealt with. It isn't fair and it isn't deserved. You and I aren't anything special in and of ourselves to warrant such an act. To even begin to to suggest that we can somehow earn this forgiveness is to completely misunderstand just what was involved at Calvary. We deserve hell, but through Jesus we get heaven. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that is powerful, isn't it? Yeah. That's something we don't want to hear. I know. We don't talk about it. We don't. People. People don't like it. No. You can't tell me I deserve hell. No. But the Bible does, and this is the bit. This is like. You can't hide that, can you? Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Back to the book. Even more amazingly, heaven starts now. Yeah. We receive the Holy Spirit so that we can meet with God and serve him with power. We become changed over time so that sin no longer rules our everyday lives. We are given a family of like-minded people to walk with through life. And we have a hope for eternity, the abundance of which sometimes even breaks through into this life. Yeah. How awesome. Yeah. Mate, what do you think of that? Well, it's like, you know, the, the, the Bible says, and it's true, that we see through a glass darkly and yeah. the kingdom of heaven is now but not yet. But I think with, with God's power and presence in our lives, we get little glimpses of heaven, don't we? Yeah. Don't we? Yeah. Little glimmers. Little moments, again, yeah. The odd moments of just... Wow, you know, um, and I have to say, mm. for me, uh, my faith in Christ turned me from being a cynic to an optimist. Okay, you know, I think I'm, I've got more optimistic hope. Yeah, like I know the last page; it's going to be all right. Yeah, I know it's going to yeah, end yeah, well, yeah. and I think that changes your thinking. I'm not a miserable cynic anymore. Yeah, I used to be a bit world weary, you know, yeah. but actually wary. Yeah, but now I'm like give the benefit of the doubt believe the best see that that yeah. is a unique thing I think that we're holding on to as guys that are living 
yeah. for Christ is this hope in all things, isn't it? Mm. That's powerful, that, mate. Yeah. Back to the book. You'd think that because of all this, the average Christian, so because of what Jesus has done, yeah. the average Christian would be a fireball of enthusiasm. Yeah. That's cool. But we know that's often not the case. I've met so many Christians who, for one reason or another, just want God to fit into their lives. And they don't even see the audacity of such an attitude. So we're talking about this outrageous grace yeah. and rescue. <coughs> there is only one response to what Jesus has done, and that is for us to fit in with his plans yeah. and to comply and unreservedly recognize that we belong to him. The Apostle Paul puts it like this. We have been bought at a price, 1 Corinthians 6 uh, verse 20, and so should honor God with our whole life. Mm. See, now we're starting to transition from I owe everything to him, so I will do anything for him. Yeah. But we do live in a time where <clears throat> this kind of radicalized view is, is dangerous at times, and we've seen it. People saying, like, I will do anything God tells me to do. Yeah. And we've seen that misused and abused, yeah, haven't yeah. we? And I think I'm there is a... to kill yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. there is a culture <coughs> of cynicism. When you, say, when, you, when you say stuff like this, I'll do anything God tells me, what, what do you mean? But also it's framed by the ultimate command of love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbour as yourself. Exactly. You know, it's radical love, isn't it? Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Radical service, radical Not sacrifice. radical hate. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, mate. Yeah. Great men have gone before us, having lived true to this ideal. On 3rd of February 1943, the SS Dorchester was torpedoed at night by a German U-boat. As the ship was sinking, a young soldier ran up to one of the chaplains and cried, I've lost my life jacket. Take this, replied the cha chaplain, and calmly he handed the soldier his life jacket. Before the, sip, uh, before the ship sank, each chaplain gave his life jacket to another man. Wow. Let me just read that again. <laughs> before the ship sank, each chaplain... Gave his life jacket to another man. Wow. As Amazing. the Dorchester went down, the chaplains linked arms and lifted their voices in prayer. Knew where they were going. See, that's an eternal they knew where focus. They were going. They're like, I spare their lives because I'm going to heaven. Yeah. It's all right. Just stepping over. I'm just stepping over. <laughs> stepping over. But this fellow weren't ready because no. he's not giving his life. Exactly. You see, they knew what God has done for them. They knew what they were, sorry, they knew what they were about and they knew where they were going. Yeah. Mate, that's, that's, that's powerful, <laughs> isn't it? That? Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Here, take my life jacket. Cause yeah, you it's all right. Just going from one to one life to another. Yeah. I remember reading a story of... Um, but, uh, I'm sorry, just go that, on, that, is that is characterised, that is the characteristic of a man who knows he's saved. Yeah. My, my, not my life is cheap. Yeah. If it's a choice between giving you your life so you can find Christ. Yeah. Or I, and I die. Yeah. I'm cool with it. Who was the pioneer in China? Hudson something. Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor. So I remember reading a story about him and he was on a little fishing boat and this, this Chinese fella fell in the water. <laughs> <coughs> and just previously to that, yeah. Hudson Taylor was giving him a, a tract and talking to him yeah. about the Bible. And the, the blokes in the boat didn't even batter an eyelid. 
the Chinese fella couldn't swim. Yeah. He was drowning. Yeah. And Hudson Taylor was beside himself trying to reach the guy. Yeah. And they're like, it's, it's not worth rescuing. Like, But he was like, this guy hasn't yet given his life to the Lord. He cannot die. Yeah. Like, he was filled with such an urgency that <clears throat> this bloke could potentially about to be set in foot for Amazing, eternity in hell. Yeah. And he was still at the gates trying to rescue him and saying he needs to hear the yeah. gospel. Let's fish him out the water quickly. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I um I can't remember all the details of this. We'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to do a uh, podcast on this guy, but there's one yeah. guy called Damien Duvuesta who was a Catholic priest. And back in the day, it's like 1800s, if you were ordained as a Catholic priest, they used to put a shroud over your face because they said you died to your life. Wow. You now live for good. You're dead. You just live in service of Christ. That's what they did to him. Wow. And he decided to go to the island of Molokai, yeah. which is a leper colony. And he served, he was only a young man. Yeah. There's pictures of him, if you Google him, mm. there's pictures of him as a young man looking like an old man. Really? Because he just, he, he's so harsh. But he, uh, they dumped all the lepers on this one island, see. So he ran schools, health clubs, played football with them, buried the dead. Apparently his, uh, his, tradition was at the end of a working day he'd always bathe his feet in hot water mm. just sit there and chill out mm. and one day he put his feet in hot water and he couldn't feel the temperature of the water right which is a sign he got yeah, yeah. Too, pain receptors got. yeah yeah tell so he said finally i can be one of them no yeah he, he died a leper <coughs> in a leper's grave and he was like i died to my life my mm. life is now for the poor the hurting the broken and just i know where i'm going when i'm dead yeah it's another level, isn't see, it? See, see, when you when you talk like that and you read stuff where the Bible says like loving the world is hatred of God, mm. you think, oh man, like, I am orientated in so many ways to love this yeah. life and this world, and yeah. I don't want to give it up. I don't want to, but there is something here, mate. It's isn't the cost of discipleship and truly having you know a sense of heaven on your shoulder. I think yeah. he's trying to work out what that looks like if you're an accountant, a banker, a yeah. toilet cleaner, a van yeah. driver, a yeah. Tesco delivery driver. What does that look like? Yeah. It's where your priorities are, isn't it? Yeah. Where's your priorities? Yeah. I remember being quite afraid of this stuff, actually, if I'm honest. Really? Yeah, because this idea of, um, of I'll do anything for you, Lord. It's like, hang on, if you were to call me or ask me to go somewhere that would ultimately cost my life or the safety yeah. of my kids, or yeah. am I am I up for that? I think the first Baptist missionary, what's his name, Carey, or he's called the father of modern missions, yeah. He went out to India, and obviously I didn't have TripAdvisor and Google Maps, they don't have anything. But they used to take their coffins out with them. Yeah. He was just a cobbler. One-way trip. One-way trip. But his first wife died, second wife died, two of his kids yeah. died. And, he, and, you know, but he, he did amazing things, found his schools yeah. and churches and yeah. hospitals. And, and he banned that, uh, was it called Sati or Sati, where they, they burned the wives alive with the dead husband. Really? He got that banned and all sorts of amazing things, but the cost, mate. Yeah. Like the cost. Brutal. Yeah, brutal. But they, they had their eyes on a greater price. You know, it reminds me of actually the Hebrews passage where it said, you know, oh, yeah. by faith, by faith, yeah, by yeah, faith, yeah. but none of them received the promises. Didn't in see their it. life. They yeah. didn't see it. Amazing. But by faith, by faith, by faith. Yeah. By faith, you... Noah built an ark. By faith, Abraham, you yeah. know, went up the mountain. And... It's, I think it scares us off, though, from committing yeah because there's a thought of well this is going to be too much yeah but it, i don't think it is i remember being so afraid when i went out to brazil first time in 2000 i remember i was like 18 years i know i know 
I was sitting on the sofa at home in Harlow, and I was quite emotional because I was like, I was afraid. I thought I was going out to some cannibal island, and I just didn't know. And that what was I, that was leaving Harlow. I know. She's no picnic. I know. But <laughs> I, I was really disturbed by it. I thought God was asking me out to go into this country where I'd been murdered and yeah but I wanted to be faithful I wanted to say I'm all in yeah but um there is that that cost in it and that prioritizing God in your life because and a lot of people we know a lot of guys like they the cost for them is they give tremendously oh. to CVM to other missions yeah advancing of the gospel and but I think do you think God is God is kind and he he takes us on an incremental journey. Yeah. So the more you can see, he can trust you with a little project or a little yeah. thing he did. Then he'll he'll stretch you and yeah, trust yeah. you a bit more. Then yeah. a little bit more. Then a little bit more. You don't often throw you in at the deep end. No. But if, I mean, some people he does. He fast tracks, but yeah, it's being prepared, isn't it? I think so. What if you know the blokes out there were to say, "All right, God, you know, I'll 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 be prepared to make some sacrifices." Mm. Call me to do something. Yeah. And then the more he sees you beat it with a little yeah, thing yeah. he gives you, he'll, he'll lead you on a greater adventure, will not he? Yeah. Back to the book. Doing anything because we owe everything means living with the same outrageous grace God has demonstrated to us through Jesus. Instead of us just wanting to make money, carve out a career and buy a comfy semi-detached house, we need to be asking, God, how would you like me to be part of the answer in this world as opposed to part of the problem and when he replies we need to step up to the plate life is short crazily so Mm -hmm. we have one chance to shine like the stars so let's do anything he asks because we owe everything to him it's not like we can ever pay him back and thank God he's not even asking us to we're just called to live as if God is everything because he is. Yeah, that's it. <coughs> that's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. It is. There's a prayer here. I'm going to read that. And, uh, and, and yeah, maybe for you listening or, or watching on, on YouTube, it's just something for you to pray. All I have and all I will ever have is yours. Help me to walk with a sense of heaven on my shoulders and to live accordingly. I commit to be a man of hope who knows that he has been saved by grace. Amen. Amen. That's amazing, isn't it? Walk with a sense of heaven on your shoulders. That's it. Let's do it. Let's do it.